0: I don't know what you guys are taking, but I'll have some of that opium. I'm not as bullish as, as the rest of you.
1: Hello, friends, and welcome to a new episode of the Tavern Shark Tank of the Metaverse, where Web3 games pitch to get leaders and VCs in order to get Funding, but also real and transparent feedback. This episode is the first of the year and you know, it's, it's uh, a little more positive vibe. I feel uh, like, compared to the one we did in December, you know, markets are a bit up and we basically take everything we can to feel better. <laughs> so uh, I'm really happy to see all of you uh, doing well, you seem. So I will ask you briefly to uh, to Jan only to introduce yourself because we know everybody else already and they introduce themselves ten times. So please,
2: Jan, introduce yourself. <laughs> so then, my name is Jan. Um, I work at the Tizis Foundation as the head of gaming partnerships. Um, Tizis Foundation is a non-profit based in Zug, Switzerland, um, that is focused on Fostering the Tizzus ecosystem that includes everything from partnerships with an Ubisoft and EVE Online type AAA studios to eSports teams such as Team Vitality and Misfits um, will be part of that crew. Um, and we also invest into startups, especially in the gaming space uh, right now. So that's um, a brief background on myself.
1: Okay, perfect. And the first question of the year is for you. So I want everybody to tell me their very bold prediction for 2023. Uh, It it can be a a bad one, pessimistic, but I prefer optimistic ones. So you can choose.
2: I think we'll have the first game that will um, properly break the blockchain and bring it to a
3: halt. Okay. Fair. Uh, Will, what about you? I think we're going to see a huge refocusing of a lot of projects towards mobile. Okay, very
4: clear. Interesting, Ilya. I think we're going to see kind of the first big esports teams uh, enter the space and have like a real massive tournament for at least one game. What is a massive tournament for you? Prize size, right? I think but we're gonna we're gonna see some some some. I don't know if we'll get into kind of seven figures, but I think we're going to see a big prize pool, and I think we're going to see kind of above above 100 participants from kind of major major stars this year
1: wow okay that's bold I like it uh, I like your prediction Nico
0: so I, I don't know what you guys are, are, are taking but I'll have some of that hopium because um, I'm 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 not as bullish as, as the rest of you I think we will not reach the previous highs the one that were it's probably Axie Infinity Um, you know from what three gaming perspective and I also feel like we're going to see a majority of games and companies around them collapse or implode. So I'm Mr. Doom thinker here. I'm sorry. It's uh happy new year, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I, 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 but I mean, that being said, like, okay, let's, let's give it a more optimistic twist as well. I think, you know, any, any time there's innovation, there's people who try and who fail and that's just normal. But during this year, I also think we'll, we'll see some incredible innovation, but I don't believe that innovation will see product market fit yet, which explains my first uh, prediction.
1: Do you think the worst is not behind us, but it has to come yet?
0: Yeah. Well, it depends on what, what you're looking at, right? Um, I feel like, you know, it's it's. I think it's gonna be a year of just not much happening. And so like generally, like people are just gonna get less and less excited, or at least the ones that are not truly inside the industry, you know, talking to the people who are actually building
1: these games. Okay, well, on all this uh, optimism and the last part of pessimism, Sorry. we need Sorry. some. Uh, it's fine, it's, it's good, to, good to hear as well. So we're all realistic about what we're, we're doing here. Today's episode of The Tavern is sponsored by Tezos and BlockBorn. Tezos is a major majorly one among the first to implement Proof of Stake. It is increasing its effort to expand into Web3 Gaming with the help of BlockBorn. BlockBorn is a gaming platform and software company. They build tools to enhance the gaming experience like Battle Pass and Tournament software integrations. Blockborn and Tesla have a $10 million incubator fund to deploy into Web3 games and you can reach out to them if you're building something great. We'll have uh, Simon from CyberBugs uh, presenting
5: us and pitching this uh, project. Gentlemen, I'm happy for the opportunity to present CyberBugs, a Web3 strategy PVP auto battler made for competitive players with fun as the top priority. The game is played in a one versus one setting and the gameplay revolves around taking turns to strategically position your six units on a hexagonal battleground in a best of nine rounds. The units are cybernetic arthropods and they possess genes that give them bonus stats, two abilities and chromosomes that define their race and class. Once all units are placed, The fight starts and will unfold according to predetermined patterns. With ability knowledge, likelihood estimates, and finesse, you're hopefully able to outsmart your opponent and gain an advantage in battle. Strategies involve playing around not only abilities and stats, but various buffs, synergy bonuses, and promotions. Cool cinematic effects, such as the kill cam you see here, Will be a natural part of the game as your ability, streaming and esports are all a huge focus for us so what problems are we trying to solve most importantly a lot of them compared to the traditional gaming sector the web3 gaming space still feels very clunky we are going into this project with the intention of doing things right from the beginning with the goal of being an innovative leader in the space Our most exciting solution is potentially our earning concept called Excel to earn, where we don't create unsustainability by handing out money to everyone that grinds, but instead we will focus on rewarding only the top performers with massive prizes. The revenue model is similar to Axie Infinity's immensely lucrative strategy where fees in breeding make up the bulk of the income. Our breeding concept is, however, drastically much more well-developed and sophisticated, featuring racial crossbreeding that spawn bug hybrids, among other things. The project is being developed and coordinated by three founders from Vancouver and Stockholm. We are all successful entrepreneurs and are not only experienced in delivering games and other software, but also well-connected in the traditional gaming sector. So the offer. We are selling 5% of the company and 5% of our total token supply, raising a total of $300,000 for this seed sale. This capital is going to be used to launch our marketing efforts, develop multiplayer support for our prototype, and conduct a massive play test to gather and improve retention data necessary to raise additional capital. At later stages, we'll be selling tokens in a private and public sale, and if needed, also equity in a Series A round. Thank you for your time.
1: Thank you very much, Simon. Uh, fantastic pitch. Uh, you worked it pretty well, three minutes. Uh, that, so that's that's uh, amazing. Uh, I will ask straight away uh, the GIL leaders and VCs to basically uh, ask you a question. Again, just as a disclaimer, none of this is financial advice, nor legal advice, obviously.
0: Okay, thanks. Um, great pitch, Simon. And by the way, Jeremy, you get really good pictures on these calls, honestly. Um, that's fantastic, like short time for size, so to the point. Uh, good job. So Simon, explain to me um, the uh, the types of tokens. So you have fungible tokens, I'm assuming. Interested to understand what kind of NFTs you have and how those interact with the gameplay.
5: Absolutely. Uh, yep. So we are currently a, a one token project, so we won't have a grinding token like Axie Infinity. So we'll have one one governance token, if you will, and that will be used to um, reward the the seasonal ranked ladder winners and the tournament winners. Uh, As NFTs, we have the battle bugs, uh, including the ancestors, which are similar to origin axes, eggs, cyber links, queen's hearts, symbiosis cores, and uh, a ton of cosmetics. And one of the cosmetics will be the kill cam that, that I sort of showcased in the video clip where you will, there will be multiple ones for each bug and uh, you, you can equip uh, whichever one you like the most, so to speak. How long does an average match take? Uh, The average match takes about 40 minutes. Um, It's uh, just the right amount of time to get emotionally committed. I would say, Uh, me personally, I, I have been a competitive gamer all my life and I don't like the games that are, I, I know that the whole gaming market is moving towards a shorter gameplay right now, but that doesn't resonate well with me because it, it makes it feel less important, uh, less fun for me. So we our, our, our matches are going to be uh, kind of like the League of Legends matches and Dota matches.
0: Are you building a game for yourself or for a, like a wide
5: audience? Uh, well, of course, uh, a wider audience, but, um, but but yeah, I believe, um, I believe there is some, some consistency to that, uh, to that reasoning uh, and that uh, uh, an emotional commitment to each game is important in games that don't revolve around progressional elements that essentially allow you to, to um, uh, commit emotionally in that way. But com- uh, progressional elements isn't great in competitive games, so uh, it needs to come from
0: somewhere else. So when I watched the gameplay video, um which um, by the way, great job that we could already see that, one of the things that came to mind was I think one of the strengths of the current generation or maybe the first generation of auto battlers, um like a team fight tactics, um, was that you have constant feedback loops. So you position your team and you know, every round, every single round you would you know have them like you would have this this feeling of of anticipation, and then you know the the seeing the fighting happen, right? Yeah. What you're doing is you have these over six rounds. You place your units, and it's it's pretty long. Um, and there's this there's less of this feedback loop. That's something that to me um, could potentially you know be a struggle, or or might like could be considered to to redesign to make sure that the feedback loop is faster.
5: I see. Yeah. Uh, thanks for that advice.
0: And uh, that's all my my questions. Thank you.
4: Thank you. And I'll echo Nico. I think great presentation. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm curious to hear a little bit about kind of the tech of it. Um, I had a chance to kind of peruse the site. I think on the site it says Cardano. I'm curious kind of what your uh, backend looks like, what blockchain you're using,
5: and how you're connecting the two. Like what middleware are you using right now? Uh, okay, so if you've read Cardano somewhere, that's uh, uh, sort of a mistake. And let me clarify that a bit. We used to be committed to Cardano uh, when we sort of launched the project back in uh, September 2001. Uh, sorry, 2021. Uh, and uh, then we sort of realized that uh, committing to a blockchain at that stage would be would be premature. And so we removed that. And now we're pursuing uh, all kinds of blockchains and then Talking to their foundations about different opportunities there. Uh, so if you read a Cardano software, I apologize that should have been cleaned out. Um, we are we are currently uncommitted to any blockchain. So what does your what
4: is your game backend look like, and what are you thinking about in terms of middleware? How are you gonna, how's your backend going to be talking
5: to the blockchain? Um, so we have um, our our game is written in Unity. If if um, if that was clear, um, and, uh, yeah, our backend, we, we are, we will having integrations with various different block blockchains, uh, and we will write it sort of the integration with, uh, a, a standalone, uh, um, sort of, uh, integrator component that, that, that then communicates with different adapters to, to various blockchains. Uh, and obviously all blockchains are different, uh, with, uh, with uh, Cardano that we were experimenting with earlier, we actually have a partner, uh, that does integrations for us, uh, that supplied everything through an HTTP rest, uh, interface essentially. And so that's how we plan on constructing it uh, with all blockchains, even though we have to write the integration with the blockchain itself. Um, yeah. And, and I should mention also that our blockchain integration, it will come at a later stage. We will launch our project as a web two game essentially where our token, our fungible token, is an in-game asset, and our all and NFTs are in-game assets. And uh, we are planning on integrating with a blockchain at a later stage, but potentially when the alpha or the beta is launched. And at that point, we will make an optional withdrawal opportunity for players to be able to withdraw their tokens or and or their NFTs to a crypto wallet if they have one.
4: Got it. Um, can you talk a little bit about the composition of the team? Uh, you know, you you talked a little bit about the the founders, but you know, how big is the team? How many engineers, artists? Where are you guys based? And you know, you mentioned that the founders have experience shipping games. Does this current team have experience shipping games as a team? Uh, how long have you worked together? Like those sorts of things.
5: Okay. Um, so we are, as as I mentioned, three founders and. Um, On top of those three founders, uh, we have two signed developers that will come in and, um, the, this team of five will deliver the development phase two, as we call it, which will be, uh, which is what we're looking for funds for right now in the seed sale. Uh, and we are also launching our private sale at that point. And when that is done, we are hiring three more people that would be a CMO, COO, and an additional developer. And uh, this core team is going to deliver uh, the game as a whole. Um, We are based all over the world. Uh, We have people in Vancouver, Sweden, and UK as well. And um, uh, essentially this project, uh, this company was launched for the initiative of this project. So, So we haven't worked together as a team prior to this. Got it. Thank you. I do have other questions, but I want to pass this over to Will.
4: Sure,
3: appreciate it. So, sorry, uh, Simon. So, three founders and two outsourced developers, and then you'd be bringing on a COO and CMO. So, what are the three founders currently doing? Um, what are their roles? Uh, just to clarify, the the two more
5: developers are not outsourced. They They are employees to be. They're just waiting for an offer, essentially. Um, and so so we are we are not going to utilize uh, consultants or anything like that. So we have the CEO, um, his name is Tom and he's from Vancouver. Uh, and I'm the CTO, um, I'm Simon. And uh, the third guy is our creative director. Uh, he's the, the, the one behind all the art
3: that you see essentially. Sure. So I liked your answer previously that you're building a game for yourself. I, I think there's a lot of people in Web3 building projects just that they've grabbed out of thin air, they saw something that was cool. What else about this cyberbugs thing relates to you outside of the game last 40 minutes? What, what else is personal? Um, well, first
5: of all, that it's a PVP. The, it's, it's a truly competitive game, uh, unlike most initiatives I, I have seen in the Web3 space thus far. A lot of the uh, projects go, tend to go the mid-core route because it's lucrative. And I sort of despise MidCore my, personally myself because I, I just think it's a giant pay-to-win scheme as a player. Uh, and I, I believe uh, that most true gamers feel the same way about it. And uh, and so that resonates well with me. And uh, also the fact that it's a strategy game. I love uh, stress, critical thinking in my games. And I think that um, I like that more than those games that are mechanically demanding because of uh, multiple reasons. First of all, it's... it's uh, enables um much a much bigger audience and a much bigger player base and um secondly it's much more it's much much less demanding to implement in that regard too i'm not sure that sort of fit into the the question in there sure um and i also like the sort of the cyberpunk-esque uh look and feel that we've invented for this very much i'm i'm uh, i just love that type of art form um Sure.
3: So when you you picture your ideal user and they have their their computer open and they have two options to play their existing PvP game that they enjoy and your game, what's the draw? Like, what's the the story that you guys are telling in terms of this is why you should come over and play this versus whatever you're playing now?
5: Well, first of all, our gameplay is uh, very unique, I would say. I mean, we have drawn the most inspiration from uh, other auto-battlers such as Teamfight Tactics. But still, their base game revolves around a completely different thing that, than ours does. Uh, ours uh, is more sort of a board game-esque feeling to it, where where you sort of place units on a on a board essentially, and then they battle it out. Uh, so, first of all, that's a, a big USP, I, I'd say. And secondly, also the the Web three aspect of it that we are we are really uh, aiming to be able to l- deliver an ecosystem that rewards the best players. Uh, I, so a little backstory, I'm a third nine-year-old gamer who played competitive games all my life, Uh, most notably the first two Battlefield titles, which I played on a European level when I was a teenager. I was also the lead organizer of uh, the Warcraft 3 section on Clanbase, which at the time was the biggest hub for gaming tournaments. I wasn't fortunate enough to have my youth in a day and age where pro gaming was a thing. And I believe with a passion that the professional gaming scene it still isn't compensated fairly given that the gaming industry is now bigger than both movies and sports combined. So we see the web three gaming space as an opportunity to create a gaming ecosystem where players can easily be well compensated for performing well in a game. And, uh, yeah, so we aspire to greatly increase the
3: number of professional gamers in the world. Just, just real quick on that last piece. Cause I, I think it's very unique and I love it and I agree with the model. So instead of having a play-to-earn, kind of everyone-wins situation, you have a Excel. Can you give me the, the brief on that and how it works in a competitive sense?
5: Okay, yeah. So um, um, essentially, the model is... So we're, there are two two parts of it. There, there's the ranked ladder, and we have the ranked seasons, as many other competitive games do, uh, where they the, the current plan is that they're going to last for about six months uh, or so, and then you have sort of a massive payout to the top. 20 or so percent of all players Uh, so it's a a very big chunk as opposed to like if you look look at uh, uh, competitive web 2 gaming space there there are very very few people that get signed for a professional contract today um and there and then there are also the tournaments which are more short-lived and they're um uh you sort of enter them and there's a bit of luck involved in there because the game will intentionally be designed in a way where you can win a game versus essentially the best player in the world with half a brain if you're lucky right um, so there will be a more random outcome to the tournaments and those tournaments will reward not only token rewards but also grand NFTs as prizes we have grand plans in the future to expand the game with additional races for instance and those racers are gonna need their own specific ancestors so the very first ancestor for a new race can be a prize in uh, uh, in
3: a tournament, for instance, and and just to be clear, those are the only earning mechanisms. I have to be good at the game. I have to compete to earn. Outside of that, there's a third one too, and
5: that's involved in the breeding. Uh, so similarly to Axie Infinity, you can theoretically earn by breeding. You can buy your in starting bugs and then sort of breed your way to a profit. In that sense, we do have limitations that Axie Infinity doesn't have, though. For instance, uh, we limit the so uh, each active account in the game uh produces eggs because you have a queen uh, a bug queen as sort of your your character uh if you will for your account and the queens will lay eggs based on when you're active so if you're active for two days it will lay one egg so there you won't see the same explosion of nfts as you saw in axie infinity because you can only see that explosion if you also have an explosion in players um, which uh, we think is a very healthy limitation to such a game, but uh, but breeding is is the third big big earning
3: aspect of it. Got it. Well, I appreciate the time, and I'll uh, pa- I'll pass you on. Thank you. Will. Um, maybe first question. Auto
2: battlers, kind of in the past, as I understand, have struggled mainly with monetization. Um, kind of like you start on a level playing field and therefore you can't really monetize many things that other game types are able to Um, how do you feel like Cyberbox can tackle this and become both still fair to play but still um, monetized well
5: great Uh, yeah great question so that that that's uh, I I share that analysis as well Uh, they they're the main problem I would say with autobattlers has been the monetization and the difficulty of it Um, and but what the breeding concept that Axie infinity made so popular does with this is create an opportunity because, uh, if you, if you base uh, your characters that you are using in game on th- the breeding concept, Axie infinity is arguably probably the most lucrative, uh, monetization strategy of all time in gaming. Right. Uh, so if you put those two together, you, I, at least I immediately see an opportunity there. Um, because, uh, yeah, as mentioned, we the the biggest profits from the game will come from breeding fees, also marketplace fees and and the guild fees. Um, but uh, yeah, as long as we sort of create a, a successful game where you can evolve your characters and build them with the perfect stats and the perfect abilities and the synchronize your lineup so that they synergize well with each other, uh, I think that could be a key to success. Okay, um,
2: and. You guys already have kind of like a prototype, so everybody can already have a feeling for how the game could look like. What's your timeline? What's your kind of like roadmap for um, to get this to say uh, first beta?
5: Yep. So we made a roadmap that uh, is based on when we close the seed round, essentially, and we expect to be able to l- deliver the closed alpha test where we will have a set of hand-picked players play and stream it online to our follower base, essentially, uh, about six to eight months after uh, the seed round is closed. And uh, three months after that, we will launch the open beta, uh, at which point everybody will be welcome to to try the game and play it. And um, I should mention also that uh, we feature a freemium model So we will have a model allowing people to play for free and enter the game for free with randomized bugs and play anything they like. They can even breed those randomized bugs to perfect their gene pool. And they will be able to participate in the entire game experience, except for the ranked play and the tournament, uh, which are the two features where earning is enabled. If you want to participate in those two, uh, then you have to buy into the game and buy your lineup of bugs.
2: Understood. And clicking on, so for example, a a TFT and many of the new games coming from from Riot Games kind of benefit from having an existing IP. Um, What's your view on how you can come to to a large player base? Uh, What's your growth strategy?
5: Um, So we have a a pending partnership. Partnership is pending lead, uh, sorry, is pending the seed sale being finalized. With Lunar Strategy, a well-renowned uh, crypto marketing agency with its roots in traditional gaming, these are old business acquaintances of, of mine, uh, as they're from Sweden, like me, and uh, we are planning on utilizing them with our marketing budget uh, to to essentially grow our our platform organically. Uh, as you mentioned, there, there there is the the aspect of this uh, existing IP, and we, obviously this is a brand new look and feel, uh, and uh, that's um, that's good and bad in certain aspects. We we believe we've done a good job with it, and that it's cool and that it can attract players. Uh, but given, of course, the the downside of not having any recognition in the visual concept.
2: Okay, thank you. Um, maybe then the last question and a bit of a cheeky one. Um say, in twelve months' time, you look back and um, you see that the project failed. Why do you think it would have failed? What's the most probable reason that it would have failed?
5: Um, so I, I would say like it's very hard, as as all of you probably know, uh, it's very hard to predict whether a game will be fun enough to be successful. And you can only know that by testing it out in the general public and get, uh, get uh, retention numbers, essentially. Um, and so the next step, uh, as, as mentioned in the pitch, would be to, to make that, that playtest to improve and gather retention data. Uh, and probably if, if the game fails, then it's because we failed to make it sufficiently uh, fun so that uh, the retention wasn't good enough. That's probably also why 90% of games fail, <laughs> to be honest. All right, thank you. Uh, I'm going to just
1: ask you a, a noob question. Uh, you know, things are moving really fast. And uh, and so, are do you have a strategy or do you want to use these new tools like AI generative tools like text to image and and so on and so forth? Is this part of your strategy? Because I have the feeling that this is going to be extremely important, or at least I'm very hyped about it. But maybe
5: I'm actually very excited to to um, to have tried a little bit of this already. so there there was this guy that uh, that uh, wanted to um he he represented the company that does AI modeling of of three d three d modeling of uh, of the units, essentially characters, given AI. So you you essentially send in a couple of two D images and then generate a three D image based off of that. And their platform, uh, he mentioned, is uh, they're, they're expanding into doing it on a text based feature too. So you can essentially describe your units, give it give it inspiration from other units and such. And uh, I'm very very excited about this and very keen on exploring this in the future when when the technology is more mature. And I think our platform would be sort of perfect for that because. Our creatures are entirely unique, as you see. They have their inspirations from from the bug bug, uh, what do you call it, ecosystem, and and potentially also other games. But uh, but I think this could be a very very nice thing to 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 do for us in the future.
1: All right, thank you. Yeah, I think uh, adding it to your pitch, uh, uh, like right now, it's a it's a buzzword. So maybe maybe some people yeah, yeah. like it some other might like i don't know uh in any case so we are gonna ask uh, all the uh, investors here to tell us to tell us if they are interested in your proposal uh again so you have to say yes or no if you say yes it doesn't mean that you're gonna invest but you are interested in continuing the discussion uh with this proposal at this valuation and so on so uh ilia you can start
4: I think this is really early to go to, to say one way or the other, almost, uh, I'm curious to see how this progresses. But right now it almost feels like a concept where, you know, you're, you're raising to kind of test it out to, to build a, a vertical slice. On one hand, I'm, I'm kind of excited about the concept and I think some of the um, kind of internal ideas that you have. In, in your approach is interesting. It's very risky, especially given that, you know, a lot of it's kind of built on internal hypotheses that I don't think you had a chance to test out yet. Um, but part of it, I think is the team is a little light, uh, in terms of kind of the tech and the visual, uh, kind of design side. And given how early you are, that, that kind of raises a little bit of a, a concern for me. A lot of the tech decisions I think still have to be made. So there's a middle ground i'm gonna be going, I'm, on the, I'm on the wait and see uh and kind of where, where this goes from here
1: thank you i should have, i should have a buzzer so if you if you do not say yes or no you're just ejected you know you, you get away You never come back because that's not allowed
3: but fair fair uh will i think you said a lot of great things i love the idea of not being middle core and going after a a specifically like heavy pvp focused game i think a lot of people are trying to please, you know, too many different, different parties. The thing that did scare me is that if you're going after a heavy competitive market and you have this whole like Excel to earn model, what made me sad was then you came back and said, and there's also the breeding. I think adding too much complexity, um, might be shooting yourself in the foot here. Um, you know, what does excite me? though is obviously the PVP elements, the tournament elements and all that. And I think there's an opportunity potentially for us to work together there. Um, so outside of the investment stuff that you know Misfits Gaming Group does with with Tezos, we also build software around tournaments. So um, there's definitely something we might be able to do together. But yeah, for now it, it would have to be uh, let's see where we go first with with working together, and then maybe the investment comes. And I can convince you to not do the breeding elements. But uh, yeah, that would be kind of my piece. I'll uh, I'll pass to Jan. Thanks, Will. I think there were
2: quite a few things that that we like. Um, for one, there's an existing prototype. Um, that is playable. I think that is not a given, um, both in Web 3 and Web 2, but it's it's something that that I like to see. Um, then I think we we had a few difficult on, uh, questions um, in this session and pretty good answers to them. So appreciate that. Um, and in general, I think it's it's a good path to have a Web 2 entry into games um, before adding Web 3 features to them and making the game therefore more complex, um, be it through breeding mechanisms, be it through um, some kind of earning mechanisms, these kind of things. Um, for me, something where I'm uh, unsure about is having both equity and token. Um, sometimes I feel like the token is not necessarily needed, and it could be simplified um, both from an investor perspective, but also from from a player perspective. Um, but that could be a conversation for the future, and therefore is also kind of like, um, my answer, I think we'll continue our conversations. Um, the Tizz Foundation itself is never a lead investor. And I think that is, um, kind of the point here. If, for example, a Bitcraft looking towards Unico or someone else as a lead investor, um, comes into the round, we would be interested in continuing the conversation. Thank you.
0: From my perspective, I think there's a lot to like here. Um, I think there's opportunity for a, what three based auto battler game, um, I also like, um, your, your background, the fact that you've built games, um, and have been uh, like a pro player, um, for the deal itself, I think it's, it's a bit too early for us. In any case, we, we like to come in when there's some more proof points, um, at a later stage. Um, one thing that I didn't like from, you know, our session today was, um, if you ask a lot of smaller developers, game developers and, and even larger game developers, uh, one of the major mistakes that they make is that they make games games that they like themselves. Um and, you know, they make a game and they love it and they play it internally and then they look at the market or they bring it to the markets and like no one seems to like it. Um I think that's 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 a real risk. That's that's a danger. And so I would highly recommend um, you know, I think you're already doing that, but putting a lot of emphasis on, on playtests and seeing you know engagements um and retention metrics uh when, when the players are actually playing your game
1: okay and actually so based on all the feedback we see my, my question is can you can you actually ship it the uh, the alpha without the funding uh, is this something that's possible
5: um no uh so uh i don't know I, i'm uncertain if i mentioned this but we, we're completely unfunded still so we we have it's... just raised a, minor capital from, from a, an early public sale that we did uh, b- back in 2001, but uh, essentially n- no substantial amount of money. So everything we've done so far is sweat equity. And we're getting to a point now where we feel like we need capital in one way or another to to be able to move forward. And we realized the difficulty because a lot of other projects uh, come into this uh, space with a sort of perspective they have a, some kind of previous backing entity or they come from an existing company with an existing budget or something. We don't do that, which, uh, which maybe have, would have worked if we launched earlier in 2021, but uh, now it's proven very difficult and the bear, bear market has hit. But we are exploring the opportunity of uh, doing some kind of self-funding through an NFT sale instead. And if we do that, uh, then uh, potentially we can find a way to fund ourselves enough to be able to perform the play test.
1: Okay, you're really too far away from a uh, like playable whatever versions. it's not it's not gonna, it's not possible.
5: Um, so if we if we were to actually connect collect uh, retention data, we would need to be able to to ship the game uh, with a uh, working matchmaking queue, a working server solution, and uh, potentially also a working ranked ladder uh, because mm-hmm. a competitive game without a ranked ladder is pretty useless, right? Uh, so once we have those three aspects of it, uh, um, then we could probably make a decent play test, uh, to not only collect retention data, but also refine the game design and, um, our, 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 uh, to do that, we'd probably need like a few man months uh, of a senior developer such as myself to, to do that in, in the bare minimum. And that would be to crank out something that just sort of barely works.
1: Okay, so great. Uh, I think we, we all heard the one thing we'll remember is that the Tezos Foundation is waiting for a lead investor and they will ape in. So <laughs> for the audience, uh, now is, uh, is the time to, to, to go with Cyberbox and you'll have the chance to, to have Jan with you. You know What is said in the tavern has to you know be, uh, be followed on. Uh, just kidding. But it was really, really great to have you, Simon. Super pitch and uh, super project. I really hope you managed to find a, a way to, to, to go further with without funding. But of course, it's hard. Thank you very much to all the investors here. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Uh, we'll see each other for next episode. Have a good one, everyone. Bye.
2: Thank you. Thank you Bye. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye.